through the magic of podcast technology, we bring you Buckles Brannigan remotely. Well, he's not remote. He's where he wants to be, and that's in his lovely little town down Texas way named South Fork. All one word, S-O-U-T-H-F-O-R-K. And uh, he's in town, and I have him. Uh, hi, Buckles. How are you? It's great to talk with you. Are you there? I am, guy. Wow, you're coming in loud and clear, Buckles. What happened? Uh, I heard you had a little drama in town. We did. We heard it by the name of... His, his name is Clement Green. G-R-E-E-N-E. Clement. And uh, he's a gunslinger. And he's a gunfighter. And not with the best of reputations. I'm not on the right side of the law. Certainly not like me. I could consider myself a gunfighter when I need to be. And I came into play just the other day. Uh, it was Sunday. And uh, what happened was, uh, well, you know, his wife, uh, uh, Millicent, or Millie, Millie, the dressmaker, he's married to her. And uh, she doesn't like his ways. He, he's, uh, Clement is one of those kind of like varmints. And uh, he, he makes wreaks havoc in the saloon, the hotel, wherever he be. He's going to just uh, stir up a lot of dirt. And uh, we got dirt roads here in, uh, in our town. And uh, he's, he can stir it up and make wreak havoc and uh, send, a chillin', chill, send a chill down your bones how cold-hearted that man is. Uh, does he love his wife? I don't know. But Millicent, Millie, loves him. Millie Green. She loves him and she loves him very much. And uh, she was, uh, what happened was uh, we got into a little tizzy. He um, was causing a problem. And then he came out being belligerent out of the saloon. This was Sunday, uh, early morning kind of hours. The saloon had just opened and he was already drunk. I don't know how that happened. Uh, but he was drunk, wasn't drunk enough to not handle himself in his gunslinging ways. Let me tell you what happened. He came out and he gave me some words. I said, do you think you're the tough guy you think you are? And he come back to me. He says, what you talking about, varmint? He used the word varmint for me. That's like the pot calling the kettle black, if I ever did say so. And I said, uh, next thing I said, what's your wife going to think about you? Your lovely dressmaker wife over seven shops down is where she is, but she's looking out. She's actually coming out. She came out, came out in, within the fire, firing line, in the line of fire. And I was really nervous for her. I told her, stand by the marshal's front door there. Stay out of the way if you want to watch this action. Practically, all of the town came out, kids, kids like, and uh, you know they, they they had their lollipops and they they were just getting ready for the day. You know it was early morning, it was about ten o'clock, Sunday. The, the bar had been open, and uh, and he came out in a real shooting argument with me. I said, "What's what's your little kid gonna think?" He just had a newborn, a little newborn baby they had. What's your kid going to think of his pa from this event when he gets older? He says, you never mind my kid. You never mind my wife. You never mind. You leave my life alone, he said. 
I said, I'm not going to leave your life alone if it means you're going to be putting at risk everybody in this town. And we, we had everybody move back, get out of the way. We couldn't really enforce it too much. People were just too interested. Some of them went inside the marshal's office. Some of them went inside the hotel. Some of them went into the blacksmith. All uh, peering through a window, nosily, to find out what actually happened. He says, you're going you're gonna to draw? I'm going to draw. I'm ready to draw. I said, I'm ready to draw. The marshal, looking at me, nodding affirmatively, giving me permission to go ahead, fair fight. He picked it, not me. I didn't do anything. I was just outside at the time. I was just kind of getting up. I was up. I got up at around 8 o'clock and uh, came down and had breakfast at the hotel, down in the hotel lobby. There's a breakfast area, a really nice dining area, actually, um, set up in an adjacent room and um, had my breakfast. And so I was, I was well fed, you know. He was well drunk, though, I can tell you that. But he wasn't drunk enough, like I said, to not handle his gun. And I knew that. And I knew he didn't lose any of his speed. When it came to gunfighting, alcohol couldn't really quell it. It was just a beast that had to come out. And he had already been involved with five different occurrences. He was wanted in a few jurisdictions, but not in South Fork. So the marshal was relatively powerless. But in this time, the marshal didn't intervene. He let me handle it, which I do. I usually handle things for the marshal. I'm a handler. I'm a handler. I'm on the right side of the law, though. I'm not a bounty hunter. No. I'm not a facilitator except for the right side of the law. So there we were about 50 paces from each other, a good distance. When he, when he said, you're going to draw, I said, I will draw when you want to draw. You just call the shot. You call the shots, so I'll go with what you decide. And what, what Green did was waited there for about five seconds. It seemed like an eternity. It seemed like an eternity, but it all went by so fast. I don't know how that figures. Grabbed his gun from his left hand, but I, I drew just a little bit quicker than he did. Fired my pistol, my Colt, and uh, mortally wounded mortally wounded him and that was about all I was going to hear from him what do you expect but the wife Millie to come out crying and yelling and shrieking I never heard a shriek from a woman or anybody for that matter like I did coming from this relatively small small woman beautiful woman the baby was being babysat by her mother lived not too far away on a ranch, beautiful ranch, a lot of property. They lived closer to town, but Millie was in her dress shop when all the action was taking place. I felt bad for her, I really did, but there was really nothing I could have done about it. There was really nothing I could have done about it. So the other towns that he was wanted in, 
those jurisdictions were notified of his death. Immediately the posters were discontinued. Things were brought back down to normal. And Millie, so far today, she seems to be doing okay. I think in the back of her mind, she knew he wasn't going to be long for this world at the rate he was going. I think she knew he was wrong. She wasn't an accessory and she didn't support him. I know that overtly. Privately, maybe different. They did have their child together, the infant, about three months old. I felt bad. But I did feel good that the town was safer. The town was safer. The town of Southwark was just made a little bit more pleasant, more secure, with the likes of a bad gunslinger put, put to bed. Brian and Bobby from National Plumbing. Uh, as part of my Rise Energy Audit, part two, uh, with inspections a couple of weeks apart. <clears throat> um, all part of my springtime summer project of upgrading the energy efficiency of my house to go from 65% efficient to possibly 90% efficiency, although we didn't really discuss what the efficiency would later be. Uh, the house needs insulation. Um, Brian and Bobby from National Lumber came this morning, and uh, uh, I welcomed in, welcomed them in, and we immediately went upstairs to look at the space heater. They are going to be handling a couple, some of the components, supposedly, of the future work that's going to be done. Um, it's going to cost a hefty amount of money, but. Most of it's going to be refunded or rebated through RISES or through National Grid uh, in their programs. So it's a great program. RISE has been around, I heard, for 30 years. Um, and they have a new logo. I noticed those things, being a graphic designer. Um, and that was Charlie from a couple of weeks ago. But uh, Bobby and, and Brian uh, were today. And... You know, so it was good to see that some of the things that I was ruminating about regarding my my home heating system uh, were affirmed uh, by um, by Bobby and Brian. So it was it was awesome to see that they agree with me on, on on focusing on what things need to be done. It's a small home, about fourteen hundred square feet, uh, including the upstairs living area, which is about four hundred to. 450 square feet, if that. Um, they, When going upstairs, they are probably going to remove the space heater that was newly installed, only about three years new up there, but it's going to be taken back out. So that was a, that was a, I got a couple of seasons use out of it, I guess. Um, uh, it's an unvented system. It's an unvented unit. Uh, it should be a relatively easy job. That should be probably the easiest job of everything. 
The asbestos removal in the basement is going to be relatively simple and straightforward. They're going to take out the heating, my bulky uh, antique of a heater. Uh, it's robust, though. It's, uh, and uh, Brian told me it's, it's very, very heavy. And that's one of his major concerns is how we're going to remove that, if we can, from the basement. I don't have a bulkhead, right? I have just a, an exit going up the stairs, coming into the living room. Just finished a podcast, uh, one or two podcasts ago, that um, where I mentioned uh, sleep and how my sleep is uh, has been improving, basically marginally, marginally so, but enough for me to notice. Um, you know, I, I actually the, the the sort of real happy spot about that is is the time between uh, being able to sleep. Uh, further than what I used to get up. Well, it, it started, you know, uh, in the summertime. I don't know if it had to do with the... I don't think it had to do with the warm weather, although that could have been a factor. Um, yeah, maybe the more I think about it, the summer months might have something to do with it, but maybe not because my room, my bedroom, uh, I air-conditioned air my bedroom in the summer, um, in the summer months. Um, but in any event... Uh, my sleep used to be where I would basically get up for the morning at around, oh, I think as I think I had a couple of times as early as 4:20 a.m. and uh, but typically it would be quarter of five, let's say 4:30, quarter of five. I, I, I went through a, a couple of month stage there where I was uh, getting up pretty consistently at that time uh, because I felt I was. I couldn't sleep any anymore, um, and I had also been getting up quite often in th that 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 overnight, in that overnight stage, at least maybe three to four times, um, and to do my little ten-minute ritual, and, and then kind of just try to psych myself back. Well, not really, try to lull myself back. Let's just say into into another sleep uh, back in the bed. Um, of late, well, then, you know, maybe let's say, I don't know, December, I started getting up uh, at around uh, 5.30 to 6 o'clock. So that was awesome. And then in December and January, I noticed, um, and this month, I'm noticing that I'm getting up in the range of, uh, consi pretty consistently, except I want to explain last night, uh, between at around 6:30, almost on the bell, um, it's like I'm tuned tuned to my awakening. So 6:30, and I think that's a good time in the morning. You know, it's a little, it's early enough to, to kind of make a difference. That's the clock, uh, just reminding me on this segment. Um, so my sleep is 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 to a point where I'm wake, awakening at 6:30, and I'm getting up one maybe one time less. So um, I'm getting closer to my goal, but I think it's elusive at this point. It's pretty much elusive. I don't see it being reached, and that's a solid night's sleep. Uh, I'm just I'm denied that uh, because of my smoking habit, I believe. People have told me that that's probably the reason. Uh, I think my doctor has probably reinforced that. Um, in fact, he has because he's given told me to try to taper off the smoking 
uh, you know, and, and I try to, but it's really tough at, at night before I go to bed. It, I almost kind of almost consistently have one uh, last ciggy before I retiring. Uh, so um, he wanted me to stop, I think, maybe an hour or two uh, beforehand. If I had followed those tenets, um, I think I would have been, uh, I'd be ahead of the game right now. But it takes discipline. Uh, when I wake up in bed, I think, you know, if it is my clock telling me to have a ciggy, uh, it's not really so much going to the bathroom. It's not really that. I can tell you that pretty confidently. But it, it certainly is got something to do, I think, with the the pattern that I've established is smoking, you know. If I could space out my cigarettes more during the day, uh, and I try to do that um, by using certain techniques that are tried and true, like putting off a cigarette, keep delaying it, keep delaying it. Um, you smokers out there, you might want to try that. If you just want to curtail, you know, instead of having uh, two cigarettes in an hour, uh, you know, one every half hour, you know, try to make it one an hour. That's pretty doable. You know, if you're smoking a cigarette every half hour, generally, on average, um, throughout the day, you're going to be going through a pack and a half a day easy. Um, and if you get up in the middle of the night like I do, you're going to have, you know, two or three more. So curtail it, try to cut back. Maybe then you can make it, make, make it an hour and a half next time. Uh, you know, then, then two hours. Or let's say you've got to go put the trash out and you got to do a couple of things in the house and you want to have a sigging in between, then, but just force yourself to first put the trash out. You know, it's only about another 10-minute diversion, uh, but it, it makes a difference. I think that's, that's a philosophy I've actually embraced. I've actually, it's a very marginal uh, smoker's world, you know. This is, welcome to smoker's world. Um, and, um, you know, we're like the back crowd that, that's in the back uh, employee door. You know, we're all the smokers going, uh, cascading down the stairway and having conversations, you know. Um, and so I'm, I guess I'm part of that crowd. Um, and so the cigarette uh, kind of rules the roost as far as that, you know, there's that aspect. And, you know, some could argue that that has nothing to do with it. Uh, the fact that, uh, that I'm waking up because of the cravings. Um, I, you know, I generally, I've got to go with the fact that it is the case because when I do get up from bed, I'm kind of immediately, as I spring out of bed, um, I uh, and head to the door. I'm looking with anticipation of lighting up that cigarette, even though I just had one an hour and a half before, you know. Um, you know, in an hour and a half, it's part of your sleeping you know, it may as well be, uh, you know, half an hour apart in day, in, you know, in, in day, in day hours, in daytime. So, uh, what's the deal last night? What's the deal last night? What's my point? Uh, my point is, is such that um, I made a mistake of skipping uh, one particular medication that I take to help me at night to sleep, and that's trazodone, T-R-A-Z-O-D-O-N-E, and it's a, um, it's a, uh, I think it's a, it's an older class, or I'm not sure if it's older class, but it's, 
it's basically an antidepressant, but you can use it for sleep, apparently. And my doctor pres prescribes it for me uh, on my request from several years ago or a few years ago when I started, first started taking Trazodone for, to help me sleep. When I had true insomnia last at, at that time, I think is probably when, when he prescribed it, I had a real true classic, classic uh, textbook insomnia where I um, could not sleep at all at night. You know, if I got an hour or two in, uh, unbeknownst to me, because it never seemed like I had gotten any sleep, but you know, they, they always say you always get more sleep than you really think you do. Um, and I did, I do remember falling asleep towards the end, very end of the, of the sleep cycle, you know, just in time to get, get up in the morning. And I know going into work, I was barely functional. Uh, I had to get, I had to get some days off, um, for, for that reason. And, uh, the, 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 my boss, bosses could see that I needed, I needed it because apparently, uh, my job wasn't really suffering. I was trying. I was putting all my focuses on just getting uh, through the day efficiently as much as I could, and um, as, you know, as concentratingly as I could, concentrating on what I had to do. Focus, I guess. Focus, focus. You know, your focus goes out the window, folks, when you have lack of sleep. And I felt it in my tissue, my being, my every being. I felt I had, I had, I was so sleep deprived. At least I think I was, and I, I'm pretty sure I was clinically. Um, my doctor wouldn't have prescribed the trazodone if he didn't feel I needed it, for instance. So basically, the story with trazodone is I've been taking it for years, you know, um, and on and off generally. But I, I didn't take it last night. Uh, why? Because it was in the kitchen, and I was too lazy to go to the kitchen uh, to get my last medication there to take. Uh, uh, right at around, the, let's say, the 8.30, 8.30 time. I like to take it, you know, try to get a head start on the, uh, on the night by taking it a little earlier because it does take about an hour, at least an hour, maybe even longer, perhaps two hours for trazodone to start, you know, you just start feeling the effects. Um, it's safe, like my doctor prescribed it. He, he said it's safe. You can, you can uh, basically go off at any time, and I have, on and off. But here's the problem, and you don't, it's not like you build a tolerance, but it's not like you get, it doesn't seem like it gives you the deep sleep that it once, once gave me. That could be the Medicaid, the other medications I'm taking. Um, I'm taking two other medications besides the trazodone um, at night and, uh, and then vitamin D. Uh, but um, I don't want to lose track here. So I guess the bottom line is, um, Trazodone has basically still works, I've discovered, because if I had taken it last night, um, I think I would have been in pretty good shape as far as getting a, a slightly better uh, night's sleep last night. So that's my lesson there for Trazodone. And, uh, you know, I'm going to remember now to, to take it at night, to not skip it. Um, I, I don't really want to go through what I went through uh, in the wee hours of this morning. Uh, it really is not hell on earth, but it's very, I don't even have a word for it. Well, it, it, it's anxiety ridden. It's an anxiety ridden, it's, your heart rate is not up. My heart rate wasn't, I was breathing nice because I was in bed. Um, I had to get up, I had a cig, 
Then I went back to bed, and this was around 4 in the morning, uh, 3.30. And, you know, I'm in bed, and I'm lying down, and I'm closing my eyes, and I'm getting into the feel of the, just the comfort of the bed. You know, the, the, I'm trying to go up, down my body. My feet feel warm and cozy now. They're warming up nicely. And, you know, my legs are near each other and creating its own body heat. And then, you know, I work up to my torso, and I feel good. I feel, you know, nice and warm, kind of nice, warm and fuzzy. The cat's, he's finally at the bedside. He, he was down on the floor looking at, and, and kind of making, um, well, actually making Lulu kind of growl. Um, I can't, I, I, it's not like I can't take it, but I just, I, I immediately, well, I, after about, a, you know, after about maybe a minute or two of, of the, the hissing, because uh, I know he was just standing there. He wasn't meaning anything. He doesn't really, he doesn't have any, he doesn't have a malicious bone in his body, and neither does she, but she's going to defend her, her ground, or her, she's going to defend her very being in a fight-or-flight way. So she's growling, and she's hissing. Uh, she's moaning. You know, she's really, she's really grunting. She's grunting in, in a low frequency that really is kind of, like, chilling. Uh, and... After about a minute, minute and a half, I get out of bed. It's tough to get out of bed, you know? Because then you got to go back in and rearrange your blankets again, you know? Um, so, but basically, I came out, I picked, I picked him up. He didn't put up a stink. And I was able to put him on the foot of the bed, and he stayed there. Cats want to go on things and on their own volition. You can't, I can't, I wouldn't have not been able to do that with Lulu. If I had put Lulu there, she would have immediately gotten up. And, and left the bed, as if to say, don't put me here, I'll decide whether where I want to go, and I'll decide if I like this bed at the foot of your uh, ugly feet, you know? <laughs> and so, um, so that would happen with her. But with him, he, he immediately got settled in, and it was kind of a little bit warm and comfort, and I actually nodded off, uh, let's say between the hours of four and five, I nodded off, uh, well, about 45 minutes, uh, just about. Um, I think I managed to get half an hour, 45-minute uh, sleeplet in there. <laughs> and um, and it was it was not deep, not deep, relatively shallow, but I did kind of get a little dreamlet in there. Um, and because uh, I do remember it waking up uh, vaguely. Um, and so... And then all of a sudden, it was it was uh, just about five o'clock, or I think it was five thirty. It was five thirty when the, when I saw the alarm clock next, uh, and got out of bed, and I was cool because I could make coffee now, and it was proper proper morning, proper morning to 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 go do that. So it was cool, and 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 I felt relatively springy, not springy, springy, but. You know, enough to, to make my coffee, and, and I think I put the cat food, yeah, I, I went and fed, uh, put some new cat food in their bowls down in the basement. Um, and what else did I do? Um, I, went on, I went on my phone. So I had enough wherewithal in my morning routine, and I feel good presently. Um, it's about two hours later, um, maybe th- actually three hours later, uh, and I feel... I feel pretty good. I think I'm going to be okay today. I think I'm going to be okay today. So I hate worrying when I'm in bed. And if you're going to be worrying, you're not going to get much sleep. I can tell you that. 
um, you're gonna you're gonna not get much quality sleep if you're really worrying. So you gotta like let those things out of the bedroom. You know, make the bedroom kind of a sanctuary. You know, uh, it's an important place. Uh, it's a place place for rest, relaxation, yes, and even contemplation. Uh, it affords you comfort via the bed. It affords you outdoor view with windows. It affords you comfort by the f the overhead fan that you have over your bed. Yeah, that's a good invention. Don't forget to switch the switch in the up position to switch the direction of your fan blades uh, for the winter uh, so that the air blows up, bringing your warm up air and circulating it throughout the room versus the summer setting where your switch is in the down. Um, I just thought I'd say that. Just It's, it's my fan nerdism. Uh, so basically that rule works generally. Uh, generally, that's a good rule. You know, if you're heating your house, put the, the switch up, up for rising heat. And if you're if you're cooling, you want to have the switch down for downward cool air. So I think it's all a good rule, and it makes for comfort in the bed. And uh, and I like quiet, but I like here's what I do. I put the pink noise. I go on YouTube and I uh, click on rain. And up comes all these videos. There's a whole cottage industry on rain videos and, and pink noise videos, like uh, like or white noise, if you want to call it that, uh, of of uh, ocean shore breezes. Uh, for instance, ocean ocean shore waves, waves, very waves. You know, waves are very conducive to, to good to a nice pattern of sleep. Uh, kind of works with the brain waves. Thanks, Mr. Mantle, for your reminder. And I want to thank you for listening to this segment of my sleep patterns. I hope that you're sleeping well and that your day is uh, is got some energy behind it. And um, I hope your winter's going well. Uh, you know, stay safe and uh, be happy.